Welcome to the Lifestyle University Podcast, a lifestyle education show that covers various topics such as wealth creation, technology, fun travel, kick-ass life experiences, and the good life. This show is hosted by Joe Player and Tony Ritchie, who share over 20 years of combined internet marketing and personal development experience. Together, they interview individuals who openly share their personal successes and failures, which you can immediately gain knowledge and inspiration from to help you live the good life. This is the only podcast that guarantees that you'll get inspired, learn something new, or myself and Joe will personally buy you a beer the next time we bump into you. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Tony from the Lifestyle University, and today is episode number one with Joe Player. Uh, let me introduce you to Joe. Um, he is a entrepreneur, lifestyler, and branding specialist. He's generated well over $10 million over his career, uh, being his own boss and living life on his terms for the past 18 years. He's even made it over to Richard Branson's private island and brainstormed with individuals such as Sir Richard Branson himself, Joe Polish, Yannick Silver, and Shark Tank investor Kevin Harrington, just to name a few. But he didn't start out that way. Tell us a little bit more about you, Joe. I know you as a friend, but for our listeners out there, tell us who Joe Player really is. Uh, if you want, let's get into your story, and uh, you could take it away. All right, Tony. Thanks for the intro. That was amazing. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank all our listeners, listeners that are joining in, listening to our first uh Lifestyle University podcast. I'm super excited about this. I think it's uh, uh, it's a great project we've got going. I'm really excited about it. So uh, basically, my story: Who Joe Player is? Basically, born and raised in Montreal, Canada. I with by two uh, uh, parents that were entrepreneurs. Um, my dad had his own business for since 1984. Uh, prior to that, he was working in the airline industry, and my mom had multiple businesses. Um, she, I remember her having a hair salon and then a travel agency and then eventually moved on to real estate as a, uh, a real estate broker so uh, growing up I was uh, I was pretty much uh, I, I tell people you know I was raised on my own not not saying not in a bad way for my parents but uh, you know starting nine years old I was you know cooking my dinners and making my own lunches at you know wow. from school and stuff like that so yeah. uh, very uh, uh, left to myself uh, because my parents <laughs> Yeah, self-sufficient because my parents were, you know, working long hours and doing their own thing, right, you know, each right. on their side. Yeah. So, um, you know, learning from that, uh, I remember, you know, uh, as, as young as I was probably eight or nine years old, my first business experience, this, you know, goes way back. I would buy some slime out of these, you know, quarter, I don't know you call these machines. Gumball machines. Yeah, the gumball machines. But these came, uh, were little plastic containers, and then you had like some slime in there. And I would buy, you know, tw they would be a quarter each, and then I would open it up and split it up in three. So, and then I would resell it a quarter each. So, so cool. for my twenty, my quarter investment, I would make uh, you know seventy-five cents, so fifty cents profit on there. And then uh, throughout high school, I, I sold T-shirts and all of that. Um, so those were little sidelines. But my career didn't start until nineteen ninety-five. Sorry, 1997. I, I graduated from high school, barely graduated. Actually, I didn't graduate with uh, everyone from my class. I failed my uh, 10th grade and then 
basically had to go to uh, night school or adult school they call it <laughs> and uh, basically finish uh, you know the the classes I didn't pass hey are you so, taking, are you taking part of my story <laughs> 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 so and for, I don't know. I don't know this part of your story. Yeah. But, so it took about six months. I, I finally got my degree, my uh, my high school uh, diploma, and then um, my dad uh, offered me to go work for him. And he at that point he had his uh, freight forwarding business. So I just uh, joined this business. And you know, about a year into it, I, I saw that we were giving all these contracts, trucking contracts, local trucking to. Uh, this other company. And I, I just told my dad, I said, I don't understand why we don't buy our own truck. And he was like, ah, oh, no, that's too complicated. I don't want to get involved, blah, blah, blah. So anyhow, I went behind his back and I took my truck driver's license. And I, uh, with the help of my mom, she, uh, she uh, basically uh, was the guarantor on, my, on, uh, on the loan I got to buy a truck. Right. So I did all of this behind his back, and a few months later, I uh, sat in his office and I say, "Hey, you know, why don't you open your blinds in your office?" So he opens up the blinds and I parked the truck right in front of his window. Yeah. And then so I told him, oh, "You didn't want to do it? Well, you know, I went ahead and I did it myself." And uh, so basically, uh, my dad was shocked right. and I uh, couldn't believe it. And uh, so at that point, he was like, well, you know, if you're if you got your own company it means you can't work for me anymore. So he said, why don't I cut a deal with you and why don't you uh, give me 50 percent of the shares and then I'll I'll keep you on the payroll on my company. So this way you'll have some security. And so we made that deal and he became my partner and I still have my uh, my salary from his company. Um, that was in 1997. Um, a few months later, uh, this is where my, my whole uh, history change is. Um, why I still remember it. He came up to my office one day, knocked on my door, and he was all excited. And I was like, what's up? And he says, uh, we, we just got connected to the internet. And I was like, <laughs> what's the internet? And he was like, well, it's like an online encyclopedia and says you could you log on and you do searches and you could search for anything. It's amazing. So he got me curious. Um, so one night my dad left and, uh, you know, in those days, um, he would always, you know, people closed their computers at night. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he still does it. I'm not sure. But um, he closed his computer and he normally locked his office door. And I knew where the key was. So basically sneaked into his office opened up his computer and tried connecting to the internet. And I don't even know if you remember this, Tony, but those were the days where you tried to connect and dial you had up, this. Right? Yeah, the dial up. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time, if you were in a, like a, in a busy period, like after dinner or dinner time or something, after yeah. work, it would always be busy. You could try for half an hour and not even get on. Oh, wow. So anyways, I got, I got lucky the first time I got on. And, um, you know, I'm 19, 20 years old. Um, didn't know what to search for. I, I think the, the search engine was AltaVista. Um, Google didn't, didn't even exist in those days. Right. And uh, the, the one thing I saw was that search box, and I didn't know what to search for. So first thing came to mind was, you know, pot marijuana. <laughs> and I typed that in there. And uh, the first search result was a uh, – was called uh well it was the link to hemp bc hemp uh like the uh commercial industrial cannabis plant and uh was the shop in vancouver and for i mean i gotta give it to those guys these guys were visionaries because back in 1997 they had a full-blown site 
wow. full of information. And uh, I was just impressed. And the first thought that came to my head is I hit myself on the head. I said, holy shit, I should have kept my money and started a hemp shop instead of uh, the trucking and moving company. Um, the truck I had bought. All right. And this was about maybe six months or five or six months after I had started my first company, which uh, the trucking one. With your dad. So right? I was, yeah. yeah, so I was kicking myself. Um, so to make, you know, long story short, basically, um, it just stuck in my head and um, I did some research, uh, you know, with all the information online. And about a year later, I had opened up a hemp shop in Montreal. A physical location? A physical location. Okay. So it was my second business. Did you have a website yet or no? No, not yet. The website probably came in into um, – sorry, I got my date wrong. So the, the trucking I started in 95 and the internet was in 95. I started the store in 1996, November 96. And our first web page uh, was in 1997. Now I say a page because it wasn't a wasn't a full-blown website. It was just we had our uh, – basically we had our paper catalog scanned. Put up and, on site. Yeah, put up online. People yeah. could call in, place their order. We didn't get into a transactional uh, site until uh, like 2000. But anyhow, so uh, started the business on November 15th, uh, 1996, the, the, the retail store. And by the time that um, July of uh, 97 rolled, you know, rolled over, in July 1997, we did $60,000 worth of sales and the month of July for the retail store. And previously to that, I had made sales, the whole yearly sales for my trucking business was $52,000 in the whole year. So when I saw that, I said, screw the trucking. And um, basically, you know. Went all in. Yeah, all in and which probably, you know, one of the hardest parts of me starting in business, I had to go, you know, to my dad and sat down in his office and told him, that you know the store was doing really well and unfortunately you know i decided to get get out of the trucking business and you know let him down let him go because i was actually working for him on top of running my business so you know so basically i decided that the uh the way i was going to go into uh, the retail store was to just start offering wholesale, and that would be my division. My girlfriend was handling the uh, the retail aspect. I was doing like the ordering and dealing with the suppliers, right. and I would come in there and start doing wholesale and pay myself a commission uh, on the wholesale sales. So to basically push myself to go out there and make sales, right? Right. And that would that's how I would pay myself, and that went super well. I kind of got lucky on that one because what happened is that um, store and uh, Vancouver Hemp BC. Well, we were buying uh, stuff from them. We were one of their wholesale accounts. They were doing wholesale as well. So I, I pretty much copied paste everything they did. And uh, basically about 1997 as well, uh, I don't remember the exact dates, but um, they got into legal problems and they decided to shut down their wholesale operations. And I basically contacted the owner and said, Listen, I'm interested in buying your toll-free number. He basically made me an offer. I think he wanted five grand for it. I told him I thought it was a steal for five grand, but I went up right. to my dad and I, you know, just brainstorm with him. And my dad goes, five thousand dollars for phone number? That's outrageous, you know. I never pay that. So uh, he says I would offer him five hundred bucks. 
I like 500 bucks. I felt, you know, I was shy to offer them, you know, so low. So what I did is basically, um, I offered a thousand dollars, uh, called him back up, offered a thousand dollars. He says, well, if you give me 2000, I'll let it go. So basically I got the toll free number for 2000 numbers. Now keep in mind that toll free number, they also had a, um, a magazine. So they were advertising all over the magazine. They had their toll free number and then you were using the same number for the wholesale and the retails. So you got instant, instant customer base and traffic coming over and giving you and you got you stole the overnight number. overnight i went from um 12 wholesale accounts to about 150 oh my and what did and that, that do to your business that just propelled it i mean it's just uh you know it, it just it propelled the business it did it, it, even today 18 years later i, I mean i still owe i still own that toll-free number and even today we still get people calling Wow. On that number, looking from, you know, looking at past issues, magazines. Old. So, I mean, that was a clever move. And, um, you know, sometimes sometimes we uh, in business, we we're kind of, you know, we don't know how we're going to step it up to the next level. Right. And we right. think it's going to be complicated and we're going to have to do this and do that. And there's sometimes there's little like tweaks, little minor things like this, opportunities that you seize. And, and you got to you know, take it. Yeah, exactly. So fast forward, you know, eight, 10 years, you've done, you know, millions of dollars. You got a full blown, you got a few websites in the space and uh, you just took it completely to the next level. Yeah. Well, the store we ran, uh, we ran the store until 2005. And then in 2006, I acquired a dietary supplement company with the money that I, I had, I made from selling the store. So we kind of switched over. And um, so that brand is called Clear Choice Detox. And then um, I've been running that brand since, uh, you know, 2006, so nine years now. Cool. Wow. Uh, awesome. with, with many other, uh, and we started other divisions such as the Groovy Light. And I also have another site called FreeBaggies.com. So I got a whole bunch of things that kind of added on to the company, different divisions. Right, right. So obviously you have years and years of experience. Uh, for our listeners out there, uh, you know, who do you study? Who do you look up to in, in business? And if there's any other person that you look up to in, in general? Yeah, well, definitely. I think, um, you know, everybody should have mentors, uh, whether they be official mentors or just people you look up to try to learn from. Um, definitely the one that got me started back in 1995 was Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins with his uh, personal power to DVD, uh, not DVD, but CD set. Right. Um, I actually had it on cassette originally and then i sold the cassettes on ebay and then i bought the dvd <laughs> upgraded to the dvd yeah yeah that uh you know that program was my first program and i gotta say that really hit the, the nail on the head it, it yeah. got me motivated it got me excited and that's uh you know when i that when i was you know just started the one i think it was in between i had the trucking company in the store so right right uh, so then um other people, uh, more recently, in 2010, I started following Joe Polish, which is uh, now a friend of mine. Joe is like a master connector, so I love what he does and the way he does it, so I look up to him. Um, right. And then other people not in the business, um, I got to say, possibly as you know, an actor would be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I just think the guy's like genius, genius actor, loves, you know, I love the way he thinks and not just the way he acts, but the way he gets involved in different causes. Um, 
So yeah, I think he's a great actor as well. Really, mm-hmm. really, really. Have you tough. seen Have you seen the uh, the Wolf of uh, Wolf? <laughs> I'm gonna say the Wolf of Amsterdam. The Wolf of uh, Wall, Street. Wall Street. Yeah, awesome video. I gotta watch it again. <laughs> Dude, it's great. It is the first time I seen it. I just it was like this is excellent. You know, I love yep. it. I just love the whole. The high beat to the whole movie, you know. Yeah, if anyone listening hasn't seen this movie, you got to check it out. Yeah, check amazing. It out, like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, a recommended or a favorite book? Any books out there that really nailed it for you? I read a lot of books. Um, I mean, I think I get something out of every single one of them, mm-hmm. whether it be just you know a little trick, a tip, or uh, motivation. But definitely uh, the one that got got me started with my lifestyle is the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Right. Tim Ferriss. Now you got to understand that, um, you know, I've been in business since 95. However, I didn't really, um, in those days I, I had the mentality that, um, basically you had to work hard and being a hard worker, you were well accepted by your peers. So if I would go to a party in some or somewhere and then someone would ask me, hey, how's your business? And I would be so proud to say, oh, it's great. You know, it's um, it's, it's really booming. I'm working like 60 hours a week, you know. Yeah. And um, the more hours I put in, the, the happier I, I seem to be. Right. And then, the you know, and then at, at one point I kind of started, I think was probably around when I sold the store, probably around 2006. When I got that store off my shoulders, um, because there was a you know big operation at one point, I had 12 employees. We had two stores actually, and uh, a warehouse. So um, I had all this big uh, you know organization on my shoulders, and then, you know I stressed out. You know I had some at that point. I had some uh, stomach ulcers. I was diagnosed with stomach ulcers, yeah. and at one point uh, downsized. You know I sold uh, one store, and the other one we just shut it down because it was barely making its money, uh, its right. its expenses. So uh, that said, uh, at that point I realized there's got to be an easier way to do this, and then um, that's when I heard about the four hour work week. And as I was reading this, I was like, oh my god, like this guy thinks exactly the way I do. And it just made me realize that the way I was thinking is actually possible of, of making it happen. Right. Because this guy had done it and he was showing us how you could do it. And, and uh, for the ones that haven't heard about the, you know, haven't read the four hour work week, the whole story behind it is uh, why work until you are 65 and then retire when you could work your whole life but take a month or two months off every year of your life right enjoy life while you're living it right exactly and uh you know in this book calls it mini retirements um so and basically in uh, 2008 november 2008 i still remember I decided, well, I think I planned it in around July or September, maybe maybe even earlier. So I, I remember planning everything several months prior, but um, my first mini retirement actually happened in November 2008. And I decided to, um, I, was, I was, my main concern was communication. So I was like, where can I go away for a month and make sure that I could still get my phone calls, I could still, um, you know, my emails. Internet, um, right. Internet, everything. And so I just 
you know, I said, my, you know, in the U.S., so it was like the Florida Keys. So I rented a place, and I think it was a home in the way or something, one of those, uh, you know, uh, vacation rentals websites. And I found a place in Key Largo, Florida, little beach house, and um, rented it for a month. Now, there's a long story to this. It was an amazing trip, but um, to make it short, I rented it for a month. And then uh, we went there, and believe it or not, I had a record month in my business while I was away living the life on the beach. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, and then an opportunity came, in, uh, came up to me in February of um, – 2009 so just a few months later like three three months later four months later um i got had the opportunity to travel to uh riviera maya to playa del carmen i had a family member that uh, had rented a condo on there with a, another couple and the other couple bailed out at the last minute or a few months prior and uh so the family member said why don't you come you know they knew we had just went on the trip to key largo and everything went well we had a record month so he says why don't you come to Pilo carmen and says the person that bailed out is willing to pay 50 percent of your cost because you know they feel bad they bailed out on us so right i lived down there for 800 dollars for a whole month wow that that's the rent. insane i know we went there and believe it or not, we had a, a net record month while we were down there. So I was like, holy shit, like this stuff really works. Uh, so that's how I started my, my kind of uh, change my whole world about thinking how to balance work and pleasure and family and all of that. Right. Outsourcing and uh, using some tips and tricks in that book, right? Exactly. And uh, work week. So what, what stood out to you? If, you, if you're going to like Name three specific things that stood out to you in the book quickly uh, for our listeners. What would you say the three key ideas that you got out of that book that you implemented, which gave you the change? All right. Number one, automation. Okay. You always want to create something that's automated. Whenever I come up with an idea, a business idea, if I can't automate it, if it's not scalable, um, I don't do it. Because there's lots of things like, I'll give you an example. You could sell um, stuff online, like on classified ads, like Craigslist and all of that. You know, like use stuff that you have at home. You'll put it on there. It's going to sell immediately, right? Um, but you have to but, pack it and ship it yourself. Exactly. It's, it takes, it takes you half an hour to put it, you know, yeah. take a picture, upload it. I mean, you could do that all day. You'll make money. But you'll never get rich from doing it just because it's too time consuming. Um, If you want like um, the contrast to that would be you create a listing for something and you have many of them, like a thousand for sale. sale. And then you'll just keep on selling it. It's the same one. You don't have to recreate it. Have Um, a drop ship work for you and and have have it sold without you being involved. Exactly. Make money while you sleep, man. You know, that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is mini retirements, how to balance your uh, your life and, and, and uh, yeah. life and work. Yeah, it's uh, not, you know, lots of people think, oh, because, you know, um, if I go on vacation and I won't be pr- productive. Well, you know what? You might not be productive while you're on vacation, but when you come back, you'll be so much more relaxed and lightheaded that, you'll get a lot more. And what I notice is too, is um, uh, I got really productive because of mini retirements um, like a month prior to leaving because I knew I was leaving for a certain amount of time. So it kind of kicked me and I, you know, give myself a kick in the ass to get everything as much done. Uh, you know, right. you never get everything done. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, <that. laughs> but I uh, get, get as important mu- things done before you leave. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, once you're down there, you're still working. I mean, obviously, yeah. um, you know, I wasn't working nine to five while I was on my mini retirements, but you know, I was still right. Yeah, exactly. Catching up on things, you know, coming up with new ideas, writing them down, stuff like okay. that. Um, and I guess the third one would be uh, networking. Okay. Really Very important. important. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, when I started going to events and uh, that's how we met actually in one of the events. Uh, So, I mean, this book, I was reading it and I was like, this is my Bible. So, you know what, I'm going to do something crazy since, you know, I'm sure lots of people are listening. I haven't read the book. So I'd like to put in an offer. What do you think about that? What if I give three of the books out? Anyone that puts in the, I don't know, how do you want to do this? Maybe, I want to give the books out, but I want to give, I want them to work. For, well, for, uh, maybe they could post a, a, a review, a, a five star review, or you know whatever you thought about the uh, podcast and who, the first what three guys. Okay, that first, sounds good. First three guys post post a review. Guys about, or girls? We won't, we uh, yeah, won't discriminate. Don't discriminate, and you'll send out. You'll ship them uh, the book for free. Okay, cool. So that's it. Anybody that first three people to put in the review, the comment. We'll get a book shipped over to them. Sounds great. You could just email me once you've done the um, once you've done the, the comment at support at joeplayer.com this way and with your details. Sounds good. All right. So uh, other than that, that was one of them. Another one was uh, Think and Grow Rich, which I, I read uh, just about a year year and a half ago. Yeah, which Mr. is really good. Napoleon Hill, right? Napoleon Hill. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't too familiar with this with uh, napoleon or whatever um i just heard about the book several times and i decided to pick it up and um let's see another one um i got so many books man um i just really you know i'm not the type of guy that goes back i read something like a movie i watch it once and i never go back to it but right now i'm reading a um i've got i'm I'm reading the one with Yannick Silver, but I've got two more on the back burner, which is uh, I got the new Tony Robbins one, which is the uh, Money uh, Mastery, is it? Yes, Money yeah. Mastery, yeah. exactly. I actually got uh, the uh, the audio book of that, and it's pretty good. It's like a 25 hour audio. Oh, wow. but, uh, yeah, it's a big book, man. Yeah, huge. And then and then I got another one uh, that I'm looking forward to read is the one from uh, Mark Echo, how uh, all about branding. Echo, okay, Echo, Echo. That's the, uh, yeah, Echo is the, uh, the designer. Yes, the clothing brand. Awesome. All right, so let's uh, let's switch gears now and uh, maybe talk about some of the obstacles you had to overcome as an entrepreneur. Well, obstacles are almost like uh, a weekly thing. <laughs> I mean, if you can't, if you can't deal with obstacles. Uh, you know, you'll no never sense make of being it. in business, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you wake. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, and you don't know what's gonna fall on your on your desk. You know, it's so. I'll, I'll mention some of the major obstacles. Okay, here's one. Back in 2000, when I had my warehouse in the two stores in the hemp shop, I was selling these uh, vaporizers. Now, you know, you got vapor vapor pens and marijuana vaporizers all over the place. I mean, tons of them. Um, I was selling the, the one of the first ones, which called the BC vaporizer. And uh, we're selling all kinds of smoking accessories. So I was like in the whole, like you see this whole marijuana industry now. Mm-hmm. I was like pre that. I was like in there. I was doing this like, like – 
18 years ago, <laughs> 15 years ago. Before and, the uh, fad came on board. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so basically, you know, I had this warehouse, like I said, I had 12 employees, I had the, the warehouse, the two stores, and 90, you know, 80% of my wholesale, I got to say, was going to the States. And then one morning, the DEA decides to do a nationwide bust. Um, and, you know, bust all these retail stores and distributors, not all of them. I think like they, they kind of picked and selected, uh, like, I think there was like 13 of them. And then what I'm within those 13 businesses, like 52 people got arrested. Really? And, um, uh, basically I just took down my business overnight, my whole wholesale Jeez. operation. Um, I remember we, uh, during those two days, the bus went through, you know, what lasted two days. It was a two-day oper- sting operation. Did they come with guns and in, into your shop, or what? What happened? No, they didn't come to me because I was in Canada. I was shipping across the border to my U.S. customers. So they did, however, seize uh, for you know, I think it was like twenty-five thousand dollars worth of merchandise that was crossing the border those two days. Um, my cost price, the, the the wholesale price was about twenty twenty-five thousand. My costs that out of pocket that I paid for that merchandise I got seized over those two days was five grand. And then the the orders that actually made it through across the border, most of them got refused by the retail stores because now everybody, you know, it's just a big big shift in the industry. Everybody was paranoid. Everybody was scared. So, you know, most of those orders got returned to us back in Canada. So I basically lost my whole wholesale operation overnight. Oh, my God. Over a two-day period. What did you do? Um, what, were, what were, How did you feel? Like what? What was? What'd you do next? Oh, I was I was panicking, dude. And that's when I took the the you know I I had I knew I had to take action immediately because I couldn't support the payroll. You know, right. even though we're doing like a million dollars a year in sales, right. um, every you know. Sometimes you make a lot of money, but you, you, you're also spending a lot of money. So uh, I remember in those days, you know, we'd be making a million a year, but sometimes we had a hard time to make the page uh, the payroll. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, we got to I have to take action immediately. So what that's when I decided to close that second retail store um, and then uh, move uh, the wholesale operation. I still had all my Canadian uh, accounts, but that was just maybe, you know, 20% of my business, of my wholesale business, 80% was in the U.S. Wow. So um, I basically shut down the warehouse and I moved the warehouse down to my house. I had just bought a house and I had a thousand square feet basement, which okay. was empty. So you just I wasn't downgraded. You just downsized, downsized everything and uh, and kept it yeah. going. Laid off a few people, yeah. and I kept one my main guy, uh, my assistant, and then uh, you know yeah. kept the same business going with, with my Canadian accounts. And we had that second store. That I was yeah, kind of sucking some of the money out of the company, so we shut that down. The lease was up for renewal, so we did we just didn't renew it. And basically, that was it. That's all you know. So basically, my sales dropped from. A million to 500 but i was still making more profit now because my expenses were so much lower right and that's really important in business you know to watch your expenses because uh it can really eat you up from behind you know without even knowing so I you know what the more money you make the more you spend and that's yeah. human nature yeah uh unless you take that money out and put it somewhere safe if you leave it in the company bank account i guarantee you you're gonna spend that money mm. it's it's so Guaranteed. true 
So it's true. So, um, so that's one, one major drawback, one major obstacle that happened to me. Okay. Uh, the second one was um, just uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. And um, one day while uh, I was in Mexico, because I, you know, you know the story, but our listeners probably don't know. I, I, I was living in Mexico for two years, a period of two years in Playa del Carmen. And uh, while I was down there, my assistant called me one morning and she says, uh, I got all these registered letters in the mail. And she says, uh, what do you want me to do? So I'm like, well, I'll open them, you know, see what's in there. And uh, those registers letter were from my bank. And my bank just decided uh, overnight uh, somehow that they were shutting me down and basically shut down. They were giving me 30 days notice. They were shutting down my business accounts, my personal accounts, my credit cards. Wow. Uh, my business credit line. They were basically giving us the booth. And they, um, they unfortunately never wanted to give us the reason why. And uh, according to my lawyer, as um, basically, you know, they, she thinks that they were suspecting me of fraud. And then um, they want to say, because if we prove them, prove them wrong, then, you know, we could probably sue them for, for inconvenience and all that. Right. But um, so, yeah. So imagine, you know, you know, you can't run a business without a bank. You know, you don't think about that when you're doing day-to-day business, but when it happens to you, you right. realize that that, yeah. you know, that shit could get kill your money. you. Yeah, yeah, it could break you. You know, put your make you go bankrupt. Yeah. So, um, you know, major setback. So, uh, fortunately, I was able to talk them. I was already planning on on the, my planning my way back to to Montreal to take care of some real estate. Uh, transactions. So uh, I was able to talk them uh, into giving me uh, 45 days rather than 30 days, and uh, which gave me about two weeks when I got back to Montreal to uh, start shopping around for a new uh, bank partner. New bank partner, merchant account, and all that too, or no? Uh, no, merchant accounts were separate. So yeah. uh, luckily, for a few days there, we were. Um, we were uh, out of a bank account during the transition, right. but we were still able to uh, to accept the transactions online. It's just that money didn't get deposited in our bank. It just stayed in stayed in the, the merchant. Yeah, yeah, with the merchant until okay. we got the bank. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's good to know that uh, you yep. you could do that. Um, all right, let's switch gears. What has you inspired and pumped up right now? What are you working on right now that that has your uh, your the fire burning in your eyes? Well, okay. So one thing you got to understand, lots of people think uh, Joe Player is an internet marketer. I am to a certain extent. I mean, um, I, I run 90% of my business uh, in one shape or form off the internet. However, I'm not all 100% internet, meaning that um, like I like my Clear Choice Detox, I have a wholesale division. So I sell to stores, which is not online. I mean, the stores could order online, but lots of them still order over the phone. So what's got me really interested now, this week I got this new project and the, you know, Tony, you even not even heard of this before because it just it happened so fast. Basically, I, you know, you know, I moved into this new condo building a few, about a year ago. Yeah. And then a few months ago, I wanted to, you know, I went from a 2,000 square feet house to a 1,000 square feet condo. And so I had lots of shit I got I had to get rid of. And some of it I sold, some of it I was stuck with. I, I didn't want to get rid of and then have space. So I basically squatted one of the um, storage units. So basically each condo comes with a, a storage unit. 
which is above like 30 or 40 square foot. And I had mine was full and then I squatted another one. I used it and I didn't tell anyone. I'm still squatting it right now. <laughs> but um, I inquired about before I squatted, I inquired with the promoters say, hey, you know, do you have any sp- can you rent me a an extra uh, storage space? And they're like, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any. You know, we don't rent any blah, blah, blah. So that's where I decided to screw them. I'm going to squat mine. And um, but then we had a little party with the owners here one one uh, night. And one of them told me, oh, they were, you know, they're selling storage units. And I was like, really? So I inquired about it. And uh, fair enough, they've got about 30 spots left, 30 storage units left. Yesterday, I put in an offer to buy 19 of them. Hmm. Now, you wonder why would I want to buy storage units? Well, this is it. I, I did my research, and there's no uh, – you don't pay any condo fees on your storage unit. So whether I have one or 19, I'm still not going to be paying extra condo fees. Hmm. I won't be paying any city taxes because it's not considered part of my home. Although it's attached to it, there's they don't – like the city doesn't give a value to a storage unit. So God, whether so I have rent one – You're going to rent them out. Exactly. I'm going to rent these suckers out for about 150 bucks a month. Oh, my God. Now, now, now do, do the people who rent this storage locker have to be a part of the building or no? You could rent it to anybody. No, they have to be resident. But there's a, yeah, there's, 100, there's 165 units in my building. And they're all in my situation. They all move from somewhere bigger to a smaller space. And now they don't have any space. This is like the first summer that the building is going to be full, right? Because it's, it's a brand new construction. Everybody's going to start buying patio furniture for their balconies. Right. And every apartment's got a balcony, one or two balconies. So when fall comes around, they'll wind up, you know, stored or furniture somewhere and they won't have a space. So whether you, you know, they'll have the option to go somewhere and drive down and rent the truck and put their stuff in there and then go to self-storage. Yeah. Or pay a little premium and then have it in their own building where they could just bring it down and <laughs> have access to their own locker. So what was the price to buy one versus 19? Okay. Well, the one uh, comes included with your unit. And they were selling those, uh, the extra units, they're selling them 3000 a piece, tax included. Okay. And there's a $500 uh, notary fee for them to make it official. But that's per the transaction. So whether I buy one, it's 500 or the 19 at once, it's still the 500 which I'm going to try to uh, negotiate in my price just because of the volume I've, I've purchased of the units. So that gives me, if you do 19 times uh, three grand, that's uh, fifty-seven thousand dollars. Right. Now I take a, a loan. Um, the the current uh, rate right now, um, interest rate is two point twenty-five percent. Okay. So so that's about two hundred dollars a month at uh, my payments. So so I mean this is not only this is a great recurring uh, oh income, God. but the the uh, the risk is almost you know a, a nil because two hundred. I only have to rent two units out of the 19 to cover my cost. Right. So, I mean, this is like the type of opportunity I, I you know, I always look out for. And like I said earlier on automation, but there's on, not only automation, but you want recurring. Recurring income is is the key. So, so you um, own these storage lockers for life after the purchase? Exactly. Wow. And then and then they're, you know, eventually they're going to be sold out. So, uh, you know, if I wanted to sell one, I could probably get ten grand for it or something. Once you know, there won't be any more left. What are the and sizes of these things? What size are they? Like, they vary between uh, thirty to forty square feet. Um, okay. I, you know, all the ones that I chose are thirty-five and over. Yeah. 
the other thing is also it's 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 imagine when I when I'll come to sell my uh, my condo, I'll be like the only condo. I've never heard this of a condo with income. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be selling it as a business type of thing, right? I wouldn't sell it. I'd keep it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but you know, that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. Pretty amazing. So, in all of this, all of this I just mentioned to you took me about eight hours to 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 deal oh, to like God. from from thinking about it to going down and measuring all the storage units and deciding the ones I want and going to the sales office and negotiating with them, all within one day. That's what I call the- you know being ready when opportunity strikes. You know, you got to have exactly. your mindset right and just take seize of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, God. So that's one thing I'm excited about because cool. uh, that's a you know low risk, high uh, easy to set up, right? Easy exactly. to set up, and, and you're done. Then it's making yeah. money. Yeah, and then I'll have, and even when my lockers are empty, I'll have a little sign on each of one of them saying, you know, storage available, you know, with the, and then it's going to go to a website, and then they'll be able to go there with the rates and all of that. So uh, people walking in and out, I'll always see my signs all over, and I strategically chose different lockers for just you know near one door where people walk in where there's lots of people walking by yeah. um so they see my sign in my locker that it's for, for rent unbelievable yeah. so uh that's thing another thing i'm really excited about is this podcast lifestyle university i mean i'm so happy that we're actually doing this right now i'm uh i'm joyful and i think uh, you know we've we've known each other for uh a few years now and we've you know for a few years we've been talking about doing something together yeah. and i think uh, you know we finally uh came up with came up with a great idea and uh just fun to do right yeah, and I, I think, I mean, that's pretty awesome. You know, you just came out with a totally new, unexpected idea. I mean, that storage thing, that was, I wasn't expecting something like that, you know? And I bet you, our listeners, are like, wow, man, there's, you can make money. I mean, there's, you can't, you know, not just, don't even limit yourself to online. You know, there's money making exactly. everywhere. I mean, every, exactly. you know, everywhere you turn, there's an opportunity. And you know what? What I'm going to do is, as as we do these podcasts, every time I've got a new idea, or a new business, or a new something I'm starting, I'll I'll share it with people. That's a and great this, idea. This way, they'll they'll get a better uh, reality of my mindset, yeah. my insight. That's uh, that's that's awesome. All right, so. And the last thing I'm super excited, which I want to just put in there, real two minutes, not even, is I'm actually selling um, division of my business, of my company, which you've heard of, and uh, the Clear Choice Detox, the company I bought nine years ago. I'm actually in negotiations right now. It's been negotiating for about a year now, but um, I'm feeling pretty confident that within the next few weeks it should be uh, taken care of and done. That's great news. Yes. Yeah, it can be a, a long process selling a business with terms and stipulations and lawyers and all that. I mean, can't get exactly. Crazy, I know it could be very easy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've yeah. had deals that went through, uh, like my uh, retail store. I sold over a forty-five minute uh, lunch meeting, and uh, so that was done super fast. Uh, when I actually acquired Clear Choice, um, that took about uh, seven months. I went back through my emails and I saw because uh, I was I was getting a little uh, anxious and impatient with the the current transaction taking so long and then I went back to my email see hey how long does this actually take me to buy it because I didn't remember it was nine years ago yeah and uh, from the, from start to finish the initial uh, transaction was uh, seven months so so I mean, you actually take note Joe and and you time you you just 
No, no, I don't time it. It's just like I kept like just... every single – every time I, I go into a negotiation, I, I create a new folder in my email, uh-huh. in, my, in my Gmail. And then I uh, send every single email to that folder so I don't lose – For records, yeah. That's records, good... yeah. I've got to go back. I just go back and I could tell, you know, lots of times things – uh, what's the expression? Uh, you know, things are said or, or forgotten, but the ones are written. You know. Oh right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. When you... So I keep that as reference. Yeah. So I have, I still have that folder from acquisition of Clear Choice, and that's where you know I saw the first email, and then the last email when we concluded the deal was seven months later. And that's this is going to lead into my next question: uh, online favorite online tools that you use. So is this just a regular email account that you use to file uh, your your emails? Yeah, I use uh, Google Apps. Okay, all right. So you use uh, Google Apps to file all your stuff. And yeah. what el- what other favorite online tools do you use that helps you out? You know, on a daily basis. Okay, well, one uh, one is probably this uh, the simplest uh, or stupidest little tool. But I mean, it I've been using it for almost ten years now, and it's just time saver times after time saving. It's uh, called the eWallet. Okay. So, you know, I'm online. I, I, I'm looking at it now. I must have hundreds and hundreds of um, usernames and passwords for different websites. Okay. It seemed eWallet sounded more like a credit card, like you would store your credit card information in it, but it's. Well, it does. I mean, it does your credit card, it okay. does all your websites, it does okay. your personal cards, uh, passport, whatever. Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, like RoboForm or one password for Mac, right? Just, uh, exactly. Storing. So cool. It saves any type of cards, but then you could put a uh, link. If it's a website, you could put the link and then you type in your username and password and then it saves it. So whenever you got to go back, let's say I'm going on my Weebly site, uh, Weebly's for, uh, to make websites. I go on my Weebly. I don't go to the Weebly page and then type in my username and password. I just go into my, um, my e-wallet and then I find my Weebly card and then I click on it and then automatically opens up a new window and then automatically uh, fills in my username, password, and then I just got to click login. Awesome. So uh, you save hours and hours every day. Well, maybe not hours a day, but I mean, <laughs> at saves, the end of the week, it's probably hours. It does save a lot of time, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for more, uh, more tools, um, uh, one of the things I learned into uh, – one of the tools I first learned of – into the four-hour workweek book was the uh, Ring Central phone uh, via voice over IP telephone system. Cool. Uh, I use that every day. Run my whole business. The whole different divisions have different phone numbers. When people call in, I could tell from which website they're calling, and then we could greet them with a custom greeting. Right. It's awesome. I actually just set up mine last night, Joe. I, I got a 1-800 number with a pre-recorded message and I put it on my order page. So when people call, they can listen to a pre-recorded message. You sell them a little bit more. And yep. I was excited to get it. And, and Joe you know, showed me how to set everything up. And Ring Central is pretty awesome. I like it a lot. And, they're, and it's really inexpensive to use, yep. I think. It's- ringcentral.com and uh you know what i mean i I just launched a website uh my joeplayer.com website a few weeks ago um people stay tuned within the next few week or so i'll have a resource page up there so i'll list all of the tools uh, that i use to run my businesses great idea okay joe so let's talk about your lifestyle right now what does your typical day look like 
Okay, well, uh, my typical day is pretty simple. I'm more of a night person, so I'd rather work late into the night and then wake up late. So I usually uh, get up around 10, 10.30, uh, have breakfast, shower, and then I try to be in front of my uh, work. I call it the workstation. Um, be in front of my workstation by uh, 11, 11.30 in the morning. Okay. And then I will n- normally catch up on my emails and then, um, you know, attack once the uh, all you know my my follow-ups and my emails follow-ups and my phone calls are done then i'll usually attack uh you know whatever needs to be done that day mm-hmm. and then i'll work till 4 45 p.m which is the uh the time that the office closes here and then um sometimes i'll after dinner you know later in the evening around eight or nine ten i'll get back on the computer and and do some things that usually uh, I don't do in a day because of distractions. So in the night, I don't get distracted and do that stuff. And sometimes I could work late until the night, until like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So it, it, it varies. I don't have like a really set schedule. You know, that's yeah. the good thing about being a uh, you know entrepreneur and working online. Um, you could set your own schedule and you're very flexible. You know? Right, right. That's Take awesome. a day off today and go snowboarding if it's All nice right. outside and then work harder in the evening you know yep that's that's the uh, the beauty of it uh flexibility that's what i call it freedom and flexibility man not not stuck in the two-hour drive that a lot of people waste every single day you know their life those uh, those hours are lost man you're never going to get those hours back just commuting it's it's mind-boggling you know i think about polluting it. yourself not only you're you're losing your time but you're actually breathing in all that exhaust fumes you know when you're stuck yeah. in traffic you don't you don't realize it, but it's yeah. all you're, you're surrounded by exhaust fumes. For sure. Um, all right, cool. So let's. How about we end it out with some mind stuff? You know, something that you can give the guys out there who are looking to get started or they're struggling. What kind of you know? Would you want to share some positive words that'll help people uh, break through to their next level? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, positive words. Um, Let's start with this. I mean, this is kind of uh, something when you're already started, but lots of people don't kind of understand this principle um, is always be friends with your competitors. Don't, um, you know, if someone starts something instead of, uh, you know, competing against them or, you know, being having that uh, resentment against right. them. Be, be friends with them, you know, connect with them. And uh, I got to tell you so far, you know, this, uh, when I sold the retail store, I sold it to my competitor and now the Clear Choice Detox, I'm actually uh, negotiating with a competitor as well. So I mean, the day you're willing to go out, you know, to sell, uh, most likely it's a competitor that's going to buy you out. Right. Um, other than that, uh, don't get discouraged, obviously, you know, it's easy to get discouraged, but uh, whenever you, you know, hit a hurdle or hit a wall, you just got to, you know, you know pull yourself back up and dust yourself off and find a way you know to to solve the problem you know spend 90 percent you know i think there's a saying it says don't spend your time thinking about the problem spend your time finding a solution to the problem right right that's true um yeah very true and um other than that joe what do you do when you're in that downtime you know you get something happens you're in that downtime do you read a book or do you take the day off and, and, you know, take a walk on the beach or what do you do to clear your head when something pops up? I would definitely uh, get out of the office, um, walking on the beach, go, just going for a walk, a jog, just take my mind off everything around it and just concentrate hundred percent 
on the problem and find different and come up with different solutions, different angles, how to solve this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, Joe, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, we're running out of time, but we'll definitely cover more about Joe, his story, and of course, many other successful entrepreneurs and game changers within the industry in future episodes of the Lifestyle University. So stay tuned. Uh, one more quick thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and take 30 seconds right now to give us a five-star rating over on iTunes and share it with your friends. Signing off, it's Tony Ritchie and Joe Player. Thank All you right. for listening. I will. I just want to say thank you for everyone for listening, and don't forget about the uh, four-hour work week. Sorry, four-hour work week book uh, promotion. So uh, you know, go ahead and leave your feedback and your the rating. And he'll send you a, a free copy of the book. That's awesome. We want to thank you for listening in today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please comment and rate a five-star on iTunes. To learn more about the lifestyle, you go to lifestyle the letter U. .co and sign up for more awesome content and free gifts. You can learn more about Joe Player at joeplayer.com and myself, Tony, at tonyritchie.com. Thank you and talk to you soon.